What is good, all of our listeners? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And Spider-Verse 1 animated feature of 2018. Yeah, boy. It was up against Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, but I knew Spider-Verse was going to win animated feature of the Oscars, Academy Awards, whatever you want to call it. We didn't watch it. Nope. Did you watch it, Liz? You just said we didn't watch it. Yeah, but we, as in me, myself, and I, my wow. my three parts. Oh, okay. Yes. But no, we didn't watch it, but, uh, you know, social media is a thing, and, you know, we just checked Twitter and, like, look at that. Miles Morales got his Oscar nomination and into a win. Yeah. It better have. I, I saw it was nominated, and I was just like, it it, it has to win. Like, over Wreck-It Ralph. It, it just, I don't want to say it broke grounds. It, it wasn't really anything groundbreaking or, like, revolutionary. But just the, I mean, the art style was different. Yeah, it was different, and it just did it so well. And the storytelling was just super... Well detailed, it was well formatted. I, I definitely think it was the clear winner. I yeah. mean, Isle of Dogs may have gotten runner up for me, but definitely Spider Verse is the clear winner. Liz, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready for tax season to be over. Yeah, because you work for a CPA. I work for a CPA, which if anyone doesn't know, it stands for Certified, Certified. Public Accountant. Right. So it's tax season. And when Yay. you work for a CPA during tax season, you work long hours and those hours are full of yeah. just things to do. I've been working 10 hour shifts three days a row, three days in a row a week, which I mean, I know it's not a lot because most people work five days a week. We work 40 hours. But for someone who only works five or eight hours a day, three days a week, yeah, that extra, you know, couple hours that in a row in a, days in a row like go, leaving ha- my house at 8 30 in the morning not getting home till 7 30 at night basically like Yee. that's that's a lot and i'm tired and i'm just so done with tax season and i yeah. still have another month <laughs> but that's i mean technically i only have like six more weeks of working with this yeah it's and just, so oops Adam. I forgot sounds my fault. Bad Adam. We're also like I'm more sick than you right now. Yeah, you're sick. I am just drained and my body, you know, being me, had to have a headache today. So Yeah. You know, yay. Woohoo. And that's the thing, is that like I'm pretty sick right now. So I'm just running on Deco- uh, yesterday I had youth group and I was just like saying to you like I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not making sense right now I'm literally running on Dayquil and Kiwis right now like <laughs> that's that's all I'm running on and I just want to keep the energy up both in youth group and for this podcast yeah. because you know it's all about energy so you might hear me correcting Adam a lot yeah I did that so much at, between Sunday school and youth group yeah that was funny because I, I am not making any sense right now but uh, yeah, uh, but before we get into our first segment, we just want to shout out uh, for our social media pages. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Gaming Groceries or follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm Journey First. So if you want to follow us and contact us individually, you can do it uh, through there. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Check out our website, uh, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can look at our latest podcast, uh, learn a little about us. 
Uh, I might put up our uh, podcast equipment, like what we used to record. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, if you hear this and it's like, oh, man, I really want to uh, know what you do to that. Um, yeah. So I'll, I might put up a list of what we use. So, yeah. Uh, check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com. Also, shout out to our friend uh, Absolute Prodigy on Twitch. Uh, just check him out. He's now uh, Twitch affiliate. If I got that wrong, I'm sorry. I'm sick. No, I, that's right. Yay! I did it! Because he's not Twitch partner yet. Twitch no, partner is the next affiliate. step. He's an affiliate. Uh, and he's going through the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, we, we streamed a little bit last week with Apex Legends. That was only a week ago? That was a week ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was a week ago. We streamed a little bit. My um, days are so long. <laughs> I tried to get to the water dinos in the in the little dinos in Apex Legends. I couldn't get to them. The game wouldn't let me go to the water dinos. And I wanted to pet the water dinos. The little, little dinos in the water. Honey, I don't know what you're talking the dinosaurs. about. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Anyway. So, uh, but yeah, check out our friend Absolute Prodigy. We're going to have him on the podcast pretty soon. Uh, it's just a little busy for us in a week. Uh, so in the next uh, week or two, we'll, we'll like uh, contact him. He already said to me, he, he heard the podcast last week and said, yeah, what are we doing? It? Uh, it's just that we're pretty busy for next week Probably or two. Probably come summer. <laughs> we'll no, have no, in, in the spring. <laughs> yeah, that's in, true. Yeah, in the next week or two. It's just that we're pretty busy on the weekends. So, but yeah, so check him out. Absolute Prodigy on Twitch. So I think this is a good time to go to our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment where we talk about the movies that we've seen, uh, whether it be in theaters, Netflix, or on Blu-ray. We just want to talk about the movies that we've seen and recommend a few or not recommend a few. This one, we actually went to the theaters to go see, and we finally got a chance to see it. It didn't uh, black us out. There was no um, in select theaters. We actually saw it. What movie did we see? We saw Fighting With My Family, finally. We saw it. We've seen it. Uh, Fighting with my family, of course, is about uh, the true story about Paige, who was in the WWE, uh, and her story of how she came to that um, to that platform. Uh, I I don't want to spoil my thoughts on it, so Liz, why don't you go ahead? Overall thoughts. I loved it. You loved it. I loved it. Uh, I I want to just give our audience just a, a little bit of a sneak peek or just a spoiler, I guess. I'm not making sense. What did you give it out of ten? I gave it a ten out of ten. You never do that for movies. I never give anything, not even just movies. I don't give anything a 10 out of 10 because I, it gives me anxiety giving things at 10 out of 10. Yeah. Just because, like, it's probably not, but it is. Like, I struggled giving this 10 out of 10 because I don't ever give anything 10, but I'm just like, I don't know why I would give it a 9, though. But yeah. also, as a disclaimer, Adam and I really love books and movies based on true stories. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, will go see anything if it's based on a true story. Yeah. So, if you aren't as big a fan of those types of things... It might not be your movie, yeah. but um, that's just a disclaimer that we love based on true stories. So, Oh, yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, this one, you gave a 10 out of 10. Um, I'll save my uh, rating for the end. I didn't like it as much as you did, just barely. Um, <laughs> yeah, hardly. Hardly. No, this was an incredible movie. Of course, like like I said, this is just an, this is yet another um, it's not even a bioflake. It's just a based on a true story. It's a telling of Paige. Um, man, I'm not I'm not clicking with her real name here. Uh, now, little disclaimer here though. It's her a, name it, was Soraya Knight. Soraya Knight. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I was also 
like just coming onto my cold when we watched this movie. So I still loved it, and I and I definitely want to see it again because now I'm just coming out of my cold. But when we were watching it, I was just like, kind of trying to stay awake here. Yeah. Not that it was boring. I was just kind of sick. Um, but from what I remember, <laughs> uh, Soraya Knight. A uh, little disclaimer for you. This is a movie about the WWE and all those stories and um, little kind of kind of Easter eggs here and there for WWE fans. You don't have to be a WWE fan to watch this movie and enjoy it. Liz, yeah. you absolutely are not a WWE fan. No. And you gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm against WWE. It's that I grew up being a very girly girl. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't attract my attention at all growing up. Like, my cousin loved WWE. Yeah. He had a John Cena action figure. Like, he was the typical boy. In our, like, he was the only boy cousin out of five of us so it was him and four girls and he had three sisters so you felt like you couldn't like yeah like i i just i never cared for it i never watched it yeah my parent like my dad wasn't into it so like it was never on in our house Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i I wasn't now i want to watch it yeah like i i wasn't really a wwe fan growing up because all my friends watched it um also, I was never really into Dragon Ball Z, and I don't know why. I was just one of those kids that, if it was popular, I didn't like it. I was, Same. Yeah, like I was an early hipster back in the days. Yeah, like, right? Oh, it's popular. <laughs> Both of us like were it. like, ew, that's popular. I hate it. It's the same way why I'll never admit that My Chemical Romance is my actual favorite band, and I'll go for Coheed and Cambrio. Because no one knows who that is. Yeah, except for people who love Coheed and Exactly. Cambrio. But, like, they're tied for me. But... But that's the thing. Um, going into my thoughts about the movie, though, this is incredibly human. Yes. It's incredibly human. The, the the reason I say that is that you are very invested into people's emotions here. Yeah. There's so many different storytelling uh, narratives here. Uh, one, you have Soraya Knight, who is this, this girl who discovered wrestling when she was 13 and she went up in the ranks, and you can see the trailers from there. Yeah. And she's just trying to find her place in the WWE. She knows that isn't her necessary dream, but she still very much enjoys it. And you get to see her kind of anxiety in the whole deal. Then you yeah. get to see her brother, who was very, very much a wrestling fan from the day he was two or three years old. Uh, he says that, like, I can name any wrestler just by looking at his boots. And you see from the trailers that he didn't get the, the dream. So you get to see... Uh, how he dealt with Soraya going up into WWE uh, development program. And you get to go back to his storytelling and you're invested in why is he breaking it down? Like, how is he dealing with this? Then you also have Soraya's parents, her mom and her dad, and how they're dealing with uh, the son who's going into depression and Soraya who's saying, like, I I don't know if I want to go to WWE. You're incredibly invested in everybody's emotions here. Mm And I think that's why this movie works so well. Yeah. Is that you're engaged in the emotions of everybody. It's not just going back and forth like, Mm -hmm. oh, this story, this story, this story. You're invested in the emotions of every single character in this movie. Yeah. And I think another thing that they did really well, which I said after we saw the movie, is that I really love when you're seeing a true story movie play out Mm -hmm. when you're watching it. You still are like in suspense if it's going to happen. Yeah. Like everyone knows that Paige gets signed, like 
get wins the title. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. You know they're making a movie about her. Chances are, yeah. it happened. And plus, if you are a diehard WWE, exactly, fan. you know her. You know that she gets the title. And yet, while watching the movie, I'm still like, oh my god, is mm-hmm. she gonna beat her? Like, is it gonna happen? Like, you know, like that whole time, like, is she going to make it? Is she going to get through? Yeah, like it still has that suspense even though you know what happens. And I think movies yeah. that can do that mm-hmm. get, or, you know, they, they, they can be considered to be really good. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. Um, now that you bring that up about, uh, it, you know, you're still invested in it. There's nothing that hasn't been done before in terms of a true story. You know no. what's going to happen. You know how a true story movie kind of plays out. It, so it doesn't do anything new. In that sense, but what it does, it does very, very well. Yes. Uh, it's it's as if the director, and I wish I had the name uh, in my head right now, who directed this, but it's as if the director or the writer uh, saw these true story flicks and said, listen, this can be fixed, this can be tweaked. Yeah. So it's nothing new, but, I he mean... He just figured out a way to portray it a little better. Yeah. He Like, he, he found that balance of... How to tell the family story while still focusing on the main character. Exactly. Um, and, and it just does everything very well and doesn't waste any of your time. I, I love it in that. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. There's a montage in it. And again, this is a true story about it, it's a sports related true story. Of course, it's going to be a montage. Because but they can't make a yeah. movie following like a year. Like yeah. The movie would be four hours long. But that's the thing, though. It's just like it does everything you expect it to do, but it does it. Even the montage they I handle. Like the montage. It was good. The montage, it, it helped progress the story mm-hmm. in a tasteful way. Yeah. So everything it does plays out in a similar way for these true stories. But what it does, it does it incredibly well. It's very excellent. Um, and I would say this is just an, an amazing, inspiring true story that it has you invest in every single character. Uh, and it just doesn't waste your time. And that's the other thing. It's an hour and 48 minutes. And the reason now I gave it a nine out of 10, I gave it a nine out of 10 just because like, I wish I had more story, but at the same time, I struggled between a nine and 10 because I wanted more story and I wanted more of the family dynamic. But here's the thing. It did not overstay its welcome. Yeah. I, I Not don't... once did we check our phones for the time or wonder if it's yeah. almost over. It clearly told you where it was in the story most of the time. Like, most time you knew, like, mm-hmm. where it was. And you knew when the end was coming. Like, they clearly told you, like, all right, this is the end of the movie. Exactly. Like, there's nothing that drags on in this movie. Um I would have to give it a 9.5 just because it wasn't the perfect movie for me, but it was near close. Yeah. It was near close. Um, but I, I would definitely call this movie a success. Oh, it's yeah. Definitely not a waste of your time. I we Definitely highly, not a waste of money because we're going to go see it again. Yeah. Like, this is Probably your... Probably two more times. This is your Spider-Verse. Yes. Like, Spider-Verse to me, I watched four times in the theaters. This is your Spider-Verse. Yeah, like, I remember after you saw it, I'm like, I, well, I would go see that again. I would go see that multiple times again. Like, I enjoyed that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I told him after we left, I'm like, I want to own this. When it comes out on Blu-ray, we're getting it. Because it does everything <laughs> incredibly well. Now, uh, there are sixes and sevens out there. And I think the reason for that is because uh, 
like I said, this is a another true story. And I think that critics, once they see as many true story movies as they have... They become predictable. Exactly. So I think they're just a little tired of it. Um, but they're predictable because that's people's lives. It's humans. It's, yeah. it's how humans function. And keep in mind that true story movies are one of our favorite types of movies. Um, yeah. Biography kind of movies. So uh, we're a little biased in that point. But this is... This is definitely a movie that we highly recommend. Yeah. Um, since I have a minute left, uh, there was a movie that I watched with a student and one of my leaders, um, Alita Battle Angel. Now, you didn't see it. I just wanted to take a minute just to say my thoughts on it. It was okay. Meh. Like, that, that's the thing. It wasn't horrible. Like, a lot of people are just like, oh, my goodness, this doesn't work. And it wasn't fantastic. I would give it, like, a six. Out of 10, maybe a 6. Point, no, like a 6. Because it was just above average. It was your average uh, action, romance. Uh, it's exactly... Now, what you see in the trailers is what you get. It's a sci-fi action romance about a teenage girl. I'm sure the manga explains everything better. But it's, it's your average popcorn thriller. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's fine. Alita Battle Angel's fine. If you want to go see it, don't expect anything too much. Yeah. But don't, don't expect it to be horrible either. I, I think it's just a fine movie. It, it's one of those movies that if you have an afternoon off and you get the matinee discount, it's fine. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a decent movie. It's a decent movie to see in theaters. I'll say that. Uh, I wouldn't say rent it because I think it's a decent movie to see on the big screen with the, with the cinema um, sound speakers, right? Yeah. So it's fine, but definitely go see Fighting With My Family. We highly recommend that movie. It, it does everything super, super well. And hmm. Vince Vaughn is not a man-child in this movie. Yeah, Vince Vaughn's character was uh, pretty good. He was. He played that character very well, and Adam knows I'm not a huge Vince Vaughn fan. You are fan. not. It's just the way he articulates his words in most of his movies. It drives me crazy. But he does this character really well. And that's all I'm going to say because we're out of time. But definitely, yeah. like, don't, if you're as like me and not a fan of him, don't be discouraged when you see him because he actually makes me forget that that's someone I hate. Yeah. <laughs> so, me, 9 out of 10, you, 10 out of 10. We rate this movie not a waste of time. Yep. Not a waste of time. Stamp. Stamp it on. So, I think this is a good transition into our second segment Top Three Gaming News. The top three gaming news of this week is uh, news that we saw during the week. We rank it three, two, one, and we just let you know what we think about each of the news. But this week is going to be a special week. Oh, boy. Because it's all <laughs> Bethesda news. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, it's all Bethesda news. Uh, now, there's a lot that happened. Uh, some honorable shout outs. Uh, Reggie fils uh, retired as Nintendo's uh, uh, Nintendo of America's president. Super bummer, Doug Bowser is coming in. Yikes. Uh, Scalebound could be coming back, but as a Switch exclusive. So that's uh, that's definitely something to look out for. Uh, I have some others in my head, but there's a lot of things that happened this week. But definitely, but these are three that we felt were most important to talk about, and they all happen to correlate with each other. Yep. So let's talk about the top three Bethesda news of the week. Uh, number three coming in as Fallout 76 lays out its DLC roadmap for 2019. And uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's it's really not that bad. Yeah. 
On Friday, uh, Bethesda Game Studios gave it gave us a 2019 roadmap with new quests, new features, new events, etc. So laying out the roadwork for people who are invested into the game and are saying like, "Well, we want more." Well, here is more. Uh, starting March 12th, they will start with Wild Appalachia. It's not uh, Appalachia. It's not Appalachia because in the game it's pronounced Appalachia. Yeah, but the game is based in the real world. Yeah, but it's pronounced it's Appalachia. Suppose you pronounce Appalachia. Notice I don't play the game anymore, but I probably will pick it up with this DLC. I know, but uh, <laughs> Wild Appalachia, um, and in March 26th, there's going to be a survival mode uh, put into the game, which is pretty cool. But you have to be a certain level to access the survival mode. I forget what it is, but it's at the end. And on May 7th, there's going to be the Ever Upwards uh, missions. There's much more that's happening in the spring, but it's all starting off with Wild Appalachia, which is uh, going to be, I believe, uh, set with the monsters of West Virginia, and they're going to be all around. You get to haunt them. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then the summer will be Nuclear Winter, which will be a new feature in the game. Some people are saying Battle Royale. Uh, please no. <laughs> um and then fall is the Wastelanders with a new main quest. And that's what, uh, what we know about it. So look at this DLC roadmap. It's not that bad. Like, here, like that's the thing is that I, I give props to them at least trying to, like, make the game more fun, more exciting. And a lot of online games do this. You know, they, they have a rough start. They put out some free deal. This is all free, by the way. Yeah. If you own the game. You have a free uh, DLC. This is all done by it. Um, and, and props to Bethesda for this. Now, I did learn that mostly the development for Fallout 76 actually came from Bethesda Austin, not Bethesda Maryland. Bethesda Austin, of course, it used to be... Uh, oh, my goodness, dog. It used to be Battlecry Studios, which was a failed online game. And so most of the development and most of the DLC will come from Bethesda Austin, not Bethesda Maryland. So that makes me less aggressive against the game because it's for developers who didn't really succeed with Battlecry. And uh, Bethesda Maryland's working on Starfield, probably, most likely. So I think this is a good thing. I think I'll check it out when it comes out and just say, like, I want to give it a chance. I really do. I really want Fallout 76 to be good. But I've come to the conclusion that Fallout 76 isn't inherently bad. It's just not my type of game. Yeah, I mean, see, when that came out, like when you showed me the roadmap and everything, it just made me more angry. Why? Because, like you said, they're trying to make the game better. They're trying blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They shouldn't have put out the game the way it was. Yeah, That's still my biggest problem. Like, I think it is so rude of companies to put out unfinished games just because they know they can fix it later. Yeah. People are paying a lot of money mm-hmm. for these games and to put out an unfinished game right is just rude and inconsiderate. Like I just It I, just says give us your money. Yeah, like, like I feel like it, I don't like I I'm not like a Bethesda fanboy like or fangirl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, it's, fan monster. But that's what I mean. Like there are people who are fan, such big fans of Bethesda that they are like blinded by these things. Yeah. And like, it just, and you know me, like I hate 
rude. Like I, I have patience for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I have a very good patience level. The only things I don't have patience for is rude and stupid. Yeah. And this is rude. Like, and and I, well, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of those rude things where I'm just like, either put out a finished game. Yeah. Or wait. Exactly. Like, don't be scrambling. And that's the thing. They've been scrambling since the day they released this game. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, is just another scramble. And I wouldn't be surprised if that roadmap ends up either being canceled yeah. or broken. It's going to cause more problems. I can promise you it's going to cause more problems. It is. Um, I really wish they would just bury this game. Just let it be. Like, just leave it as is. Put out some patches here and there. But stop advertising stuff for it. Yeah. Um, I think they just they're they're just counting their losses. But they're just trying they're just I, I think they are generally trying to make this a playable game. I I, re- I respect the decision, but I also get what you're putting out there. Like why are you putting out a DLC map when you're banning players? Everything's yeah. being broken with your patches. Yeah, focus on making this game better and functional, like I just feel like they've been disrespecting their fans and their players yeah. since they put out this game. Like they're trying to cover it up and do things. Like I honestly feel like Bethesda needs to just go underground. Mm-hmm. Just take take a few months to not say anything. Don't do anything. Just put out patches and yeah, work on the game. A lot like No Man's Sky. Yeah, like just stop talking. Stop putting things out. Chill for like a month or two yeah. so people can forget your mistakes. See that you fixed the game. And then start talking about a whole other game. Don't even, don't even just leave this game as it is. Exactly. Just focus on another game. No, I agree with you that like I, I think this just needs to be what it is. It's just Fallout seventy six. If this is true that the main contributors is um, Bethesda Austin, I think that should be said publicly, and that we're not expecting that Bethesda Maryland is having their hand in this. So I think that if people knew that this is all Bethesda Austin. And like this was a public thing that the the mainline audience knew this. Mm-hmm. I think that this game would be given more slack because everybody's like thinking that Todd Howard and his team is solely responsible for this. Well, that's because they were the ones advertising it and talking about yeah. it and putting it out there and doing the interviews and saying how wonderful. Because that's the thing, even though it's not Todd Howard's team that's putting it out, mm-hmm. he still endorses it. It's still his company yeah and, and that's the thing it's just um i'm giving it more slack knowing it's bethesda austin i don't i know <laughs> i have zero forgiveness when it comes to this stuff but uh yeah i mean i'll see it like i'll, I'll check it out i'm definitely gonna like you know put it in the game see what happens yeah. so yeah we'll see I, i'm 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 curious about this so let's move on to our number two gaming news. Uh, number two is Bethesda is now facing a trademark issue with their potential, potential, potential alert. I won't press the button. No. Uh, potential uh, name for Elder Scrolls Six: Redfall. Uh, after findings of public trademarks, uh, the rumors suggest that Redfall will indeed be the Elder Scrolls Six title, and this lines up with uh, Hammerfell. Um, being being aligned with the Red Guards, so the the, the name Redfall kind of makes sense here. However, the YouTuber Skullzy TV found a uh, legal dispute between Bethesda and uh, author uh, public uh, published author Jay Falconer 
I, I hope I said his name right, Jay Falconer, uh, who is the author of the Redfall series, right? Yes. Uh, so this could run into problems with Bethesda if they want to make lore books or comics because this will fall in line with published works with the Redfall name. So definitely this could be running into issues. Now the now the author, Jay Falconer, tweeted out to Bethesda like, hey, I'm totally cool with this. You just got to get in touch with my lawyers. Mm -hmm. We can work out uh, a, a legal action here. Like, like I'm totally cool with this. Just just call my lawyers. We're, we're fine. Yeah. And I think that Bethesda is kind of putting it under the rug because if they if they call his lawyers, that kind of signifies to all the fans like, OK, yes, it is Redfall. Here's the thing, though. Like, why? Why are you hiding the name? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, why? I, I don't understand because we're already knowing that you it's already public that's you you put under this trademark Redfall. I don't know. It, either this this rumor isn't true that Redfall isn't a name or if Bethesda is like digging their heels in the dirt and saying like nope, nope, if we if we go yeah. through with this people will know. We already know. Yeah. I feel like, I just feel like this is more of Bethesda like just showing it's true colors almost like yeah like i feel like this has been like this for years but people just haven't talked about it or people just didn't care yeah and now with the whole 76 debacle and just how much they've been messing up lately mm -hmm. people are now looking to see what they're gonna do next yeah and so now this is in the light of like what are you doing mm -hmm. you know but yeah uh you were saying but that was mostly it. just like I feel like this is how they've always been. Just people just never paid attention. Yeah. Like people weren't looking to see what they were doing. So yeah. now that people are looking up their name and trying to see what's happening, what drama they're going to create next. Mm -hmm. Now it's coming out like, oh, Bethesda is trying like to be secretive and failing. Like what's happening? Like, I don't even think this is like a big thing. Yeah. Because I feel like this probably happens all the time with gaming companies. Like, yeah. you know, you want to make a game, but, oh, it's the name of something else. And we either need to think of a new name or contact them. But if we contact them, fans are going to know the name of the game. Like, honestly, I don't think it matters if people know the name of the game. Even yeah. if you know the name of the game, it doesn't even automatically mean that it's going to be Elder Scrolls Six. Exactly. Like, like it, it could, could be, be a, a whole new series. So You don't know. So why are they? Why do they care? Why they they're making things so big that isn't a big deal? Really? Yeah. I mean, like, if this is true, just like call him. But like the fact that they're not calling him, and maybe I'm not up to date. Maybe they have, and I just missed the news on this. I've been sick all week, so maybe like yeah. this just went over my head. But from what I've saw, from what I've seen and read, it sounds like it hasn't been solved yet. Um. And there's still like a legal dis dispute yeah. between it. So when it's really not a big deal. The guy's not even gonna make him <coughs> pay for the name. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, I think he is. He just has to like they, they say yeah. like work out a deal. Yeah, a licensing deal. Um, so he still has to pay, but at the same but time, still, Jay is like, just like saying like, listen, I want this. Like, I'm not yeah, trying like, to go ahead. Yeah. So it's a little weird, but I don't know. And I think uh, this is a good time to go to our number one Bethesda gaming news of the week. A uh, little bit of a leak here. So, and I say a little bit of a leak. I think this is more of rumor speculation than yeah. confirmed. 
but Bethesda Softworks, not Bethesda Game Studios, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, Bethesda Softworks may have leaked a new title through an Amazon listing. Uh, for a few hours, uh, users found, and this is found by Wario64 on Twitter, uh, for a few hours, Wario64 found a placeholder, placeholder listing for three editions of a Bethesda game. There was the Standard Edition, Deluxe Edition, and the Collector's Edition. There have been a lot of speculations about this, like what could this be? Uh, a lot of people have already pre-ordered a Collector's Edition because it was all under $60. I was stupid and sick, and I didn't, and I'm dumb. Uh, but there, it still shows up in your order history, but it's no longer listed yeah. on Amazon at all. Uh, there's a lot of speculations saying that it's a Fallout 3 remaster or it's Starfield. Like, it's actually Starfield. This is it. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. For one, let's get Fallout 3 remaster out of the way. Um, one, it's by Bethesda Softworks. And yes, I know they could publish Fallout 3 remaster, but there's three editions. Yeah. There, I've, it's very, very yeah. rare that a remaster or a remake i don't even know what this could be it would most likely be a remake yeah um of fallout 3 and i i don't think it would come out with a collector's edition yeah i feel like that you don't really see that in remasters or remakes where you have all the different levels yeah of game because most people already have the game and they bought the collector's yeah. edition and the big stick and, and all that stuff when it first came out yeah like uh resident evil 2 i believe had a collector's edition but i think there's a different story like shadow of the colossus only had the the one edition i believe too but resident evil 2 was just kind of it was different now that was just a different story yeah. i don't know how to put it but it's, it's it's a completely different story now i think this is actually prey 2 i, I think this could mm -hmm. be a listing for prey 2 a lot of people are saying uh, oh, it could be uh, Evil Within 3. And that's also possible because it's under Bethesda Softworks. Now, the reason why I think it's Prey 2 is because um, Arcane Studios said that, like, okay, we're done with the Dishonored series. They put out these these DLCs for Prey. So now Prey is kind of, like, pretty relevant right now. And Prey came out May of 2017, whereas Evil Within 2 came out in October of 2017. So, uh, Prey came out earlier. I think this could be actually Prey 2. And I absolutely adore Prey. I, I love that game. It was definitely Bioshock in space. And that's why I feel like an idiot that I didn't get the collector's edition for $60. And I'm, I'm a doofus. I'm, I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Oh, my goodness. But I, I think that this leak was more on the lines for Prey 2 than anything else. I don't think it was a Fallout 3 remaster because of the collector's edition and todd is just kind of like listen i don't really do remasters anymore this the skyrim one was kind of like an experiment that was fine i i don't think he's going to be doing a fallout 3 remaster yeah. at all but uh that's just my take on it i i think it's more in the lines of prey 2 than anything else mm. uh did you have any thoughts on this um i didn't I didn't know it was a thing that you could reserve, mm -hmm. like, a spot for a game that, like, isn't being put out yet, like, without having a game. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. It was a placeholder. Yeah, so, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was, like, under lines of, like, T03, S01, 
It was like weird numbers, but it was by Bethesda. And I think they like published it too early, and that's why I was up for a few hours. Yeah. And then it became public on Twitter, and Bethesda's like, oh, whoa, 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 oh, uh, like, how do we fix this? And then it was just kind of like unlisted. Yeah. So. So I think pretty soon we're going to see, or even in E3, like, hey, Prey 2 is coming out. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's more on the lines of Prey 2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. I should have pre ordered the collector's edition, but I didn't. Oh well. Ouch. So yeah, that was the top three Bethesda news of the week. Uh hope you enjoyed that. I promise next week it will be actual gaming news. It won't be just Bethesda. I promise. <laughs> you I can't just can't make that promise. No, I can't. Um, but I just saw three Bethesda news coming out and I'm like, I love Bethesda and I would just want to do it. And this is our show, and we do what we want. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But I think this brings us finally to our final segment of the podcast. Talkie time. We still haven't made an audio of that. Because sick. Because we're sick. But it's time for talkie time. Every single week in this podcast, we bring up a question or a topic of the gaming news, uh, growing up gamers. uh, And we just want to talk about that uh, in the last half hour of the show. And uh, this week's topic, we're just going to be talking about backwards compatibility. And this is coming from a rumor that the next Xbox and the PlayStation 5 uh, will be fully backwards compatible. Not just with PlayStation 4, but with PlayStation 3, 2, and 1. Uh, the Xbox Next, whatever it's going to be called, uh, Project Anaconda and Project Lockhart will be fully backwards compatible with Xbox One, 360, and the original Xbox. This is really exciting news just because I think a lot of people wanted all the systems to be fully backwards compatible. Uh, And I ran a poll on Twitter to ask you guys um, if the rumors are true that the next Xbox and PS5 will be fully backwards compatible. Would that be a feature that you actually care about? And I and I selected uh, yes. Old games run better. No, mainly play new games or I play PC scrub. I, I always have backwards compatibility. Uh, and 71% of you said that, yes, the old games will run better. Uh, this is actually something that I care about. And 29% said, no, I mainly play new games. So there is some people that just, no one said, I play PC Scrub. Um, and there is some people that, that don't really care that this is a backwards compatibility issue. But 71% of you said, yeah, I... This is something I care about. I don't think it really takes away anything from a system. And I think it's just nothing but good. Uh, so, Liz, overall thoughts. What do you think about uh, if the next uh, PS5, you can play all of your PS4 games and PS3 to one? Um, first, I would like to say, I don't know where my brain was when you first said, like, this past week, like, oh, it might be really backwards compatible. I was, I honestly only thought you meant, like, with the last generation. Oh, like, I yeah. thought it was just like, oh, all the Xbox One games will be yeah. played on the new one. And that was it. Like, I didn't realize you meant, like, all generations. Well, that's how, it, that's how it used to be. Like, when... No, I knew that. That's the thing. I knew that's how it usually is. Yeah. And I don't know why my brain went that. They, they said, like, fully. Now, this is a rumor. Yeah. I'm going to press the button. <gasps> rumor alert! Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Um, But I think... I mean, I think it's good. I think it's nice because then people can play the games they grew up playing without, like you said, having to get 
the old system or making sure their new system can hook up to their new TV or finding an old TV that they can play it on. And mm-hmm. it's just nicer. The um, For me, it doesn't affect me too much because I only have PlayStation 4 games. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I find a game that I like in mm-hmm. the store and I'm like, oh, that's on PlayStation 3 or 2 and I can't play that on mine. Yeah. Um, I also thought, because I remember from when I was younger, my cousin um, had a PlayStation. Yeah. I think it was either the, or it, no, it wasn't, I think it was the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. And I would go up in his room and we would play Gladiator. Yeah. And I remember telling you about this one before we were even dating when we were talking on MySpace. Like, oh, yeah, I like to play Gladiator on my cousin's PlayStation. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just loved it. I thought it was so cool. And so I would be really interested in playing that Mm -hmm. again on my PlayStation (laughs) and seeing if I'm as good as I was when I was 14, 15 years old. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you play old games and you just remember them being so well. And it's just like I still remember when I was a kid and we, we were at a sleepover. And we were playing Mario Kart 64, and I still remember thinking, wow, I don't think graphics can get any better than yeah, this. Yeah, like, I can promise you I'm thinking about the graphics. Remember I used to play because I liked the virtual blood? I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. But I, I can tell you exactly what it looks like now, and it's, the graphics are absolutely terrible. Exactly. But that's the other thing, is that, like, the games will run better because you have yeah. better hardware. Um, sometimes they won't run as well. But I still remember when I played Halo 2 on the 360. And I, and I played on 360 and I was my mind was blown because like it looked like it was remade. I was like, "Whoa, that detail is uh, like a lot more fine and it's it's, it's better." Um so games will like they will run better. They won't like look like a remake though. Yeah. But that's the thing. I I I think this is a good thing because then you can go back to older games. And you even pointed out that you don't have to, like, look for a TV that's compatible with the older system. Yeah. Because TVs nowadays are taking away the uh, the AV, yeah, the AV uh, standard, the uh, red, red, the yeah. color, yeah, the color. Well, yeah, there's still the component cables, but yeah. uh, the AV with a yellow, white, red yeah. is uh, going away pretty soon. Uh, it's surprising that our 4K TV has the AV cables. It doesn't have component for some reason, but it has the AV. What ifs? Yeah, it's a T. It's a TCL TV, so you do your TCL. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really exciting because then you can go back to like older games and appreciate them. And I actually have it in my notes that this is uh, great for the preservation of games. Yeah. You know, uh, and maybe this not is, gaming systems. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It still gives you the option. Like yeah, I, I mean you can have your old systems if you totally. want. Like if you're a collector and you appreciate older systems, you can totally do that. But if you just want to enjoy the story of a game, you can do that. Like you can just have you can just have one system, and it plays every single game that ever came out. Yeah, I find that to be, I I don't know. I found it to be super unlikely. Like like not only PlayStation Four, not just PlayStation Three. But two and one, I'm like, that's a yeah, lot that's of games. Lot. That's a lot of programming. That's a lot of coding. That's it's not, it's not. That's s- why these systems are gonna be expensive. Yeah, probably. And that, like and that's they're a- gonna, they're gonna cost a lot. Like yeah. probably double what they used to. I don't know about double because that's like you're talking a thousand dollars. 
you're talking five generations of games. It's not that expensive. Like it's it's not an expensive thing to do, but but it is a timely thing to do. Like it's a it has a lot to do with coding. It has a lot to do to uh, program the games to run well onto the systems, make it compatible with that. So it's it's a little weird, but it's exciting though. Yeah. Uh, now just talking about let's not talk about just PlayStation One and Two. Let's not talk about just the OG Xbox. But I think this is vital for games as a service, and this is what I was thinking about when I when I read when I saw this rumor come out that it's fully backwards compatible. I think it's just because that this generation focused way more on games as a service than yeah. the previous generation did. There were games as a service on uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, sure, but this one like really really focused on games as a service. Uh, games like Siege, the new Apex Legends, Fortnite. Um, a sea of Thieves. All these games are as a service, and a lot of people are investing a lot of time in this. Fallout seventy six, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I was so nervous about Fallout seventy six becoming ever good is because it's coming out in a time where the next generation is going to come out pretty soon, and so like you're, it's like the end of the line for Fallout yeah. seventy six. But if this is fully backwards compatible, and the way like the cloud is actually functioning now, you can you know put your game files onto the next generation and continue your grind yeah you know so i i think they're really pushing through backwards compatibility to assist games as a service yeah uh so that if you're grinding your way through apex legends and then you just find out the next generation like okay so that was just a waste of time for me the one thing i'm gonna say that i just realized is I really hope that the older games that didn't need to have online functionality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to download them so they don't have to take up space mm. in oh. your hard drive. Because can you imagine you have a hard enough time keeping your hard drive empty, like mm-hmm. leaving room and you have a hard enough time leaving room in your hard drive now. Yeah. Imagine being able to play four other generations of games. Yeah. And having all of that on. So I'm hoping that the older games function like they did on the older systems. You just pop it in and play it. I think you would still have to download it because even the OG Xbox games you still have to download it. But also keep in mind that these the older games, they take up way less space. Like I just downloaded yeah. um, Jedi Knight, uh, uh, Jedi Academy uh, for free on Xbox. And it was only like a gig or two. It was very small, but I get what you mean. Yeah, like cause cause then you're also you're still gonna have newer games adding onto it, plus yeah. all the older game. Like I feel like you would need a, a an um external hard drive just for yeah your old games. But it, I do miss the days where you just pop in a game and it just goes. Yeah, like you don't have to wait for it to download. You just go. You run with it. You want to know what I think is sad, which I also realize is that the there is a system or company that really can't do this whole fully backwards compatible is it nintendo yes yeah because they went they changed their ways of doing everything in like every generation they had those big old cartridges when we were younger yeah then they got the little you know the medium-sized cartridges that well that's why we had. well that's and why now they have discs and little oh the cartridges sd cards basically yeah. well that's why people are pretty upset that there's no virtual console on yeah. Because that's the only way you could play the older games. You could yeah. play NES games, SNES games. You could download them. 
And people were just like saying like, well, let's do GameCube games, uh, N64 games. Like, let's do Wii games. Um, not Wii U games because anything you play on the Wii U, you can now play on the Switch now. Yeah. Um, but there's no uh, virtual console in here. That's why people are upset about uh, Nintendo Online because you could be playing older games. But they're just like, nah. You don't need that. Yeah. It's I mean, like, like, we're getting my old N64, which is yeah. great. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't know why that popped in my head when we were talking about this. I was like, oh, Nintendo is left out. He can't. Yeah. They can't do backwards compatible like this because they changed their the way they play their games in every generation. Well, let's be real. They can. They just choose not to. They, well, they like, they can't because... Oh, you can't just pick up an N64 game. Yeah, you game. can't pick up an N64 game and pop it into a Switch. It's not how it's going to work. Exactly. Oh, like, hi, they Pookie. would have to remake every game they've ever put out on a disc or a smaller cartridge. Or just digital download. Or digital download. But they'd have to do that yeah. all for every game they've ever released. And that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's the thing. It's, it is a little ridiculous, and they can't make it fully backwards compatible because, oh, hi, Floki. How are you doing? You doing good? The podcast pupper is here. He's here to say a few thoughts about backwards compatibility. What do you have to say, Floki? Floki, what do you think? Wow. He's super quiet. Um, but, yeah, it's. I, I think this is going to be good for preservation of games. But here's the thing about Nintendo though, Nintendo is probably the most collectible systems out I there. I know, so it doesn't matter. Like doesn't my really Nintendo matter. is still full. Like my Nintendo sixty four is still fully functional. It's gonna hook up just fine. I'm really excited to um, play Ready to Rumble. Yeah. yeah. And Pac Man and all that fun stuff. And Diddy Kong Racing. With we don't have that. I'm gonna get it. I'm just saying the yeah. games that we have already. We have a ton of games. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like uh, I already talked about this a little bit that games you love will run better. Um, it will, uh, it will look really, really crisp. I think. Uh, not that I think, but I know because even with uh, Xbox One X, the enhanced editions, yeah, even the original Assassin's Creed looks like brand new. It looks super clean. It looks super crisp. Um, it's an excellent title to play on the Xbox One X. That's what. That's why I, I love yeah. the X. And this also promotes, as we love, minimalism. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit. Like, you only need one system. If if it's true, and it's said that the next Xbox will be announced in E3, they're going to talk about it, they're going to say a release date, it's probably going to be 2020. They're probably going to do March 2020 because they looked at Nintendo Switch's success and like, oh, we can do that. They're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and if it's fully backwards compatible, like every single Xbox One game that you have will run just fine on this Xbox. I, I'm going to sell my Xbox One X and like just have that decrease the price of the next Xbox. Right. Yeah. You know, what I thought about when I when I said that um, or when I wrote that down, um, eventually the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro are going to be retro consoles in like 20 years. Isn't that crazy to think about? That's terrifying. Yeah, like retro consoles we also, know. Also, here's a terrifying thought. Huh. In 20 years, yeah. You yeah. will be almost 50. No. And I will be 45. No, I'm going to be 30 forever. Like once I hit 30, like that's when I pause aging. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when I stop aging. Okay. I'm like the Simpsons. Once I reach a certain age, that's when I just stop. Oh, okay. I'm like Maggie in that way. <laughs> but 
but yeah, it's weird to think about that. Like these consoles, and that's another thing we can talk about in another podcast, like defining retro gaming. Cause like eventually everything will be retro. Yeah. I, I think the original Xbox is officially retro in my mind. Cause in my mind, it's, it's like saying that like, Oh, the, the nineties was 30 years ago, basically. Let's not talk about that. And, and it doesn't make sense in my head in the same way. Like the Xbox and the PlayStation two, uh, and the GameCube are technically retro gaming, and now in my mind, it's official. In my mind, yeah, it's going to take a while for me to accept that the 360, the PlayStation 3, and the Wii are technically retro games. Like the in this, Wii? Ne- well, that's the thing. Once this ne- next generation comes out, like what's that line? Like what would be the line of like this is now going into the? Re- no, we'll talk about that in another podcast. Okay. Uh, let's save that for another one, but. We might bring on a guest for that one. Um, but, yeah, this will promote minimalism because we'll have less consoles. Um, you don't have to have it. You can have it, totally. But it's in the same way that I, I read a lot of comics on my Kindle, right? I, because I just want to enjoy the story. I collect comics, like the comics yeah. that actually matter, like I'll have. Like I have uh, a, a few signed copies of Punishers that I have. But if I just want to read the story, yeah. if I just want to, like, enjoy it, I buy on Kindle for a lower price. I don't have to worry about ripping the comic or anything like that. And mm-hmm. just it's right there. Same thing with uh, backwards compatibility. I don't have to have a separate console. Uh, I don't have to have a separate console or anything like that. Yeah. I can just put it in the game, enjoy the story for what it is, and I can just enjoy it on a on a more modern format. Exactly. You know? Uh, and, I, and I think this is a good thing now like that's the thing i i think a lot of people uh including companies but said before it's like we don't really focus on backwards compatibility because nobody really uses it i i think i think you could get a lot more especially as our generation yeah becomes parents mm-hmm. because our generation played i would say the most video games because it's when video games became yeah m- more involved yeah like the og millennials yes like the ones that hit the cutoff yeah millennials our age group basically like yeah our between our age group like that 24 25 to like 35 i was even say 40 yeah 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 40 that age group as we become parents i think you'll see backwards compatible more wanted yeah because we'll want to play these games with our kids Mm -hmm. like the games that like yeah you want to play these current games with our kids yeah but you can play the games you played as an eight-year-old with your eight-year-old yeah you know like i imagine playing gladiator with your three-year-old maybe not gladiator but like i really loved ready to rumble growing up like yeah that was my favorite game to play on my nintendo 64 yeah so i would say play that with my kid play show them pac-man because i had miss Mm pac-man for my n64 and i loved that game playing those original games like i had mario kart on that like yeah and i just think that would be really fun to show them including the gamecube and things like that like yeah. Show them the those games and play those games because one, not only are they not as quite as involved as today's games, mm-hmm. like I don't see as many today's games geared towards the four, like the four to ten year yeah. old age group. They market it so that they get their dollars. Exactly. Like so, yeah, like Fortnite. I think that's the other thing. When you see us become parents, we'll be looking for those more 
child-like games. Yeah. So that would be the games from when we were kids and they were marketed towards us. Yeah. So I think you'll see the, m- the more want and need and request for backwards compatible yeah. as our age group becomes parents and our kids get in the correct age to be playing the games. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I can't wait to play Gears of War with my five-year-old. You know, that's that's going to be a you know, really good parenting moment right there. No. Gears of War. No. But I know my parents probably yeah. still have, on our N64, Sarah was, my little sister, was yeah. still very young. She was like three to five when we got it. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have any games really that she could play. But she had one game, and it was an Elmo game because Sarah loved Elmo. Yeah. And if they still have it, I'm taking it because mm-hmm. I imagine us playing that Elmo game with our three-year-old. Right. And I just want to do it. And I just want to play this game because I remember being so stupid. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I loved that game, and so I want it. <laughs> but that's the thing is that backwards compatibility, um, that's the other thing. With, with kids today, like, they're not used to, like, really jaggedy graphics so like you put so it on spoiled. a well yeah honestly like <laughs> no, they are they they don't realize how far these these graphics and these companies have come so putting on like a ps1 game on a ps5 to will make it like a little less jaggedy a little more playable in mm-hmm. their eyes because like they're more used to like you know more smoother graphics smoother yeah. frame rates um so it'll be like a, a better transition to get your, your young child into gaming when they're used to the more smooth graphics, you know? So making these older games compatible with the newer consoles will yeah. make them run better, run smoother. Um, even like OG Xbox games on the, uh, on the Xbox One X, like, impress me. Like Crimson Skies on the Xbox One X looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh it my looks, gosh, you were blown away. Yeah. Like, I was... Whoa. Like, I, I was really <laughs> impressed. By the way, where's the next Crimson Skies game? I want that right now. Anyway. I demand it. Anyway. But, yeah, so I, I think it's a, a good thing for everybody, for, for those who are trying to get into the older consoles. But I don't know. I don't know why anybody would be against it, you know? I, I, think I, 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 I see a point in being for it, but I don't see a point in being against it. Like, is it negatively affecting your life if this becomes yeah. backwards compatible? Like, other than maybe a slightly raise in the price of these systems? I think that's why, because, like, yeah, it's more resources, which means more money involved with the... But other than that, I don't see this negatively affecting anyone to a point where they need to oppose this. Yeah. I think this is a, like a definitely good thing, and I think they're only doing this for the bottom dollar for people who are focusing on games as a service and mostly for Microsoft for the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, you know, if it's fully backwards compatible, they like pe- can put more games on the Game Pass. Well, no, not just that; it's that they can continue the Game Pass onto their next consoles. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. if all of these games that are on the Game Pass aren't compatible on the next xbox you'll lose all those subscribers to that um and and i think that's what they're really doing this for for the bottom dollar but it definitely but it's still benefit even though they're doing it for for the bottom dollar it's still beneficial to their customers yeah so it's not like they're just doing it for themselves to save them money it's beneficial for the people they're marketing to and xbox has always been about backwards compatibility they've always been about like playing your old uh games on the newer systems but um, but it's, they're going to come out in E3, like, saying, like, oh, we love you all. We know that you love our older games. And they're going to, like, put out this PR stunts. And it's like, 
we all know it's for your bottom dollar. We all know we you want to keep the subscribers on Game Pass so you just put it onto the next console. So we know that, but it just benefits us, so I'll deal yeah. with it. I just can't wait to see what they say about it. Like yeah. I can't wait to just be like, it's like how yeah. they explain why they're doing it. Exactly. Like I, I think it'll be hilarious. But our our thoughts are just that. Like I, I think this is vital for games as a service. Uh, it's great for the preservation of games because you can play older games with a higher frame rate, high, uh, higher um, details. Uh, games you love will run better, like I said. Uh, promotes minimalism because you have the option of having less consoles. You have the option. Yeah. If you want those consoles, great. Have the, uh, the other consoles. But, but you don't have to keep it. Right. You you can sell it. You you don't have to have it. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have to block it out of your uh, entertainment center. And it just lets you uh, play. It lets you upgrade without rebuilding your game library because now you yeah. have all those games you can play on your next uh, console without having it bogged down with your old consoles. So I think there's nothing but good to have it fully backwards compatible. Even if it's only if the PlayStation 5 only goes back to PlayStation 3, I think that's still a benefit. Yeah. I think it's asking a lot for it to be backwards compatible with two and one. But even if it's for the PlayStation 3. Yeah. I, I think that's still a win yeah, for everybody. That's still that's still a pretty good deal. Yeah. And plus the the games for PlayStation 3 are phenomenal. Like you, it you you have a lot of options with PlayStation yeah. Three. Um, hi Floki, how you doing? You doing good? But I guarantee it that the next Xbox will be fully backwards compatible with what it has right now because they want to continue the Game Pass subscriptions. Yeah, that's what they're doing it for, and that's what PlayStation is scared of. That they're saying, oh man, people are people want backwards compatible, so they're doing it. Whoopsies. Uh, so they're doing it. Uh to be ahead of their competition so yeah i don't think it's that big of a deal but we all know it's for the bottom dollar it's it's all f for competition's sake so uh i think we can wrap it up for this week yeah. so uh we hope you enjoyed this week's episode we would like to ask you to follow us on twitter at gaming groceries uh follow us individually um at ace the grocer and i'm at journey first and you can follow us individually give us your thoughts on us you know give us your praises i love praise you know you can just say adam you're the greatest podcaster ever okay but actually liz is the greatest podcaster who am i kidding Lies. but uh but yeah follow us individually i'm at ace the grocer she is at journey first uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Uh, check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com. You can check out the latest podcast on there, learn a little about us on an about page. And if you're listening to us on iOS, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you can give us your honest feedback, give us some five-star ratings, and the more ratings we get, the more attention we'll get on front pages. And the more attention we get on front pages, the more attention we get from Anchor. How you doing, Anchor? Did you like this episode? Yeah, I, I saved you for last because I know you're monitoring it and you know you enjoyed this episode you're like i just want to press that featured button like ooh, put them on a feature page but my boss says no you can do it man anyway you can do it vincent have a good week so we thank you again for liz are you in some kind of rush for getting out of this episode no i just love is you. it is it lunchtime actually it is lunchtime time for me to eat some nom noms i don't have anything for lunch well, that's why we're going grocery shopping later. Yay. That's where the groceries come in. Games Yay. and groceries. We actually go grocery shopping every single time we... Like, immediately after this. We edit it, put it up, and then we go grocery shopping. Pretty much. So, we thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Uh, we, all, we all hope you have a good week. 
We'll see you next week. And have, have a good week. I'm sick. I'm sorry. Have a good week. Week. Bye.